She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. But yeah, I, I wonder like... Do you have friends? Do you like what's your what's your friendship landscape in your life? Like that, how does it look like? Let's see a snapshot. And how old are you? I'm 31. 31. 31. All right. Yeah. I, I keep thinking you're so much older than me, but you're oh, not. So interesting. I know. Yeah. It's just Alistair's so old. He's so old. <laughs> He's about to be 34. Man, threw out his back recently. <laughs> <laughs> I would like a would like a, a map, and, I, and there is none. Is it like Sex in the City? Do we have to go out in town and like get a cosmopolitan and talk about sex? And like, is that is that how it should go? Like. Like dating someone, yeah, but like there's no to, sex, right? <laughs> so, I feel like the sex makes it easy. Like there's, a, it, it keeps a, it gives a guiding light. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, there's a reason to be here. <laughs> I'm taking this from a very small sample size, right? It's not like we're this massive company where I have 500 people I've talked to. Fuck data. <laughs> Spoken like true Julie Rock. Anecdotal data is data. <laughs> Thank you. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. It's a special one because Alistair is not here. I'm here on back to back episodes. I know. I uh, I just want. We're going to talk about friendship today. And Kelly, when she accepted to record this podcast at 7:30 before her 9 a.m. commitment this morning, she said, "In the spirit of friendship, I'll do it." Because she really <laughs> bailed us out. The other option was I was going to talk by myself, which could have been fun too, but probably not as dynamic. So (laughs) thank you, Kelly, for being here. Of course. It was a fun conversation. Yeah. We talked about uh, friendship and like forming adult, like friendships in adult life and what that means and finding friends that also understand and can hold your growth oriented perspective. It was a, it's an interesting time. And we're also talking about our own friendship and how it's evolving and the challenges of that, because it's not easy. There's no template. So, no, yeah. there's definitely not. I think that, I think you'll enjoy the conversation. It was a fun one to have. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hello, far out people. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening. Yeah, I like to do that, so you never know when people are listening. I said it, and then I realized, (laughs) caught myself. Hello, everyone. Well, you are listening and tuning into a very special and unusual episode of the Far Out Podcast, because it's just me and Kelly today. Yep, that's right. Alistair is not here. It's going to be an interesting conversation. I think this is the first one he hasn't been here for. Yeah, yeah. I've recorded little intros for episodes when he was in Yosemite this summer. So, like, there's been instances of me recording by myself. But uh, I've never recorded 
no full episode has been without Alistair. Oh, um, a milestone. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> this was an in, this was a conversation that we thought about doing. I had a thought like it would be cool to record with just Kelly, and uh, it kind of worked out mm. because uh, Alistair is currently, as I've heard recently, this expression, and I will use it again, which is he's purifying his karma, aka he's <laughs> in bed under the weather and unable to attend this recording. So, you know. It was meant to be. Well so wishes. here we are. Yeah, well wishes <laughs> to Alistair. He's already doing better, but yesterday he was out for the count. And yeah, and we're also recording outside, which we almost never do. And I don't know if our editor is going to be happy or not about this. So we'll see. Yeah, we are in beautiful Guatemala still. There is actually <laughs> a vulture on the roof of the house right next to us. Massive. He's looking at us right now. He knows exactly that I'm talking about him. (laughs) He's huge. Those birds are crazy. But yeah, I thought we could have a conversation because Kelly and I have uh, recently had a really intense emotional conversation (laughs) about our relationship. Oh my God. Relationships are such a crazy concept. Um, Very dynamic, (laughs) very complex. As adults, it gets even harder. Dynamic and complex. Yeah. And like, I think talking to you, that, that was what sparked the idea for this conversation is I realized the depth of how hard it is to have an adult friendship, especially I think when I think we all have these cases, maybe not all of us, actually. I've, I've moved around so much that I don't quite have that. But a lot of us have like friends that we've had since we were in high school or, mm-hmm. or middle school or even primary school. Like my dad, I think, has had friends that he's known for 50 years or something. But it's interesting to form new relationships in the adult sphere of life, in the adult stage of life. Yeah, it's not an easy task. I think that there's a couple things, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's a couple things, you know, in the environment we live in today that make it even more challenging, as if it wasn't hard enough as an adult to go out and find a new friend. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's interesting because, like, one thing that came up, so the conversation that we had earlier this week was, I need to say this, we sat down on Sunday in San Pedro La Laguna, where we are in Guatemala around the lake, Atitlan. There is an amazing barbecue place called Smoking Joe's and it's every Sundays from 12 to 4 and we thought we're here for three weeks. We're going to hit it all Sundays that we're here. And so on Sunday, we all decided to go out and have barbecue and Alistair uh, proposed that we have a little debrief of our Guatemala retreat and also mm-hmm. kind of a, a recap and as a way to look forward to next year's potential retreat in Guatemala, <laughs> like how can we improve and so we're in this kind of barbecue joint. It's outdoors. There's a pool. There's music, like kind of rock music playing. And I notice already as soon as we start having the conversation, like I just finished my brisket and I'm like, I don't think I want to have that conversation. I just feel a resistance to having it. And then we start having it. And then I, I, I notice myself becoming more and more of a bitch and less and less <laughs> of a conducive person to, to hold space for that conversation to unfold healthily. And then I'm, I like, I'm, I'm like, okay, no, I, I noticed like something's off. I can't, I can't do this right now. And then I kind of blew up very briefly, but I blew up and Alistair was like, all right, we're, we're not going to do this. And then we all went home and it was, I felt like shit. It was awesome. And, (laughs) (laughs) but like, as soon as we left and we got into our tuk-tuk back home, I realized like there's so much that 
I want to unpack about how the retreat went that wasn't going to be unpacked at Smoking Joe's yeah. on a Sunday with rock music playing. It was ambitious. It was, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a good idea. It sounded like a good idea, but I realized like, oh yeah, there's a lot of relationship dynamics, things that are going on, especially between you and I, as mm-hmm. the company continues to grow and I'm kind of like tiptoeing my way into finding what my role is in here, which is I've, I've spent so much time trying to not be involved in this company mm-hmm. and now being more called to be involved, but also not knowing what that looks like. And then the beautiful dynamics of you're another woman, you're the business partner of my husband. We joke that you're his wife and we're like sister wives. And so it, it felt like a lot. And so we, we sat down and we had a really long conversation that led me to, and I think led both of us to realize like, yeah, we have to start cultivating our own direct relationship. Not like I know Kelly through Alistair mm-hmm. and vice versa. And uh, that feels really scary. And hard yes. and hard. And like, that's not an easy thing to admit, right? Like there's even an uncomfortableness to it. Like, wow, being friends with you, that feels hard, you know, but <laughs> Right? Like, it sounds like, oh, God, okay, here we go. Um, There's something to it, though. You know, going back to Guatemala and kind of what happened, if you tuned in last week, we recap some of that, of the retreat, of what that looked like. And basically, what kind of happened on that retreat was the the microcosm of kind of the macro. I think that happens a lot on retreat where we go and these little journeys that we take over a week— tend to reflect the bigger journey of what's happening in other areas. And that was my experience with my relationship with you. So if you listen to last week's episode, Alistair was kind of laid out. Lou is helping, but like to a lesser degree, I think with Wild Within, um, he comes on as a supportive hand. You're more involved at mm. this point. There's more of a facilitator, like actual role where you're you're leading things. And because Alistair was out, it became really you and I as, as the main people kind of running, running the show. Yeah. And it was an interesting dynamic I wasn't prepared for. I think that was what was really hard about it, too, is that we didn't expect it. Like, that wasn't, yeah. the ma- that wasn't how it was going to go. It was going to be you and, and Alistair doing the thing and me and Lou being supportive hands. And I... I, I I'm in an interesting position too because I think not not speaking for Lou, but Lou's got a thriving coaching business, and mm-hmm. he's got like he's got a lot going on on his plate, and so he comes in and he helps out, but like that's not his main gig. And I feel like the more that I journeyed, the more I realized like no, I could actually be a supportive, I could actually have a supportive role in this company, but I don't know what it looks like, and like the navigating of that alone is really challenging. I think we have ideas up in the air of recording an episode about that with maybe the four of us. We're not Mm -hmm. sure if that's going to happen or not with timing and and everything. But but going back to just, I think when we tried to unpack the businessy side of things, I realized like, well, there's a personal aspect that needs to be addressed first. And I think that's why I blew up at Smoking Joe's. I was like, we can't do this here. (laughs) This is going to be too messy. And it was, it was a really messy conversation and it was very emotional. We talked, I think it was on Monday and we're recording this on, on Friday. And yeah, I think it was, um, what most surprised me on that during that conversation that we had was like realizing the depth and the deep like multiple layers of wounding and, and, and like 
yeah, wounds in my own self that are preventing me from connecting with a new friend and with making that kind of deep relationship with a woman nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And I want to preface this part of the conversation or like just give the caveat over this whole conversation. Like we're going to talk about our own experiences with this, which in our case is like woman to woman. But I actually think like that's also true for men. I don't know. I don't think it's, it's exclusive yeah. to just females. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think uh, <clears throat> it's this idea of like, what does it mean to become friends in adult life? And I came to the realization with you. It's, a, it's almost like when you're single and you're an adult, it's accepted that you're going to try to go out into the world and find a partner if you desire a partner. And there's almost like a template to this. It's not ideal. It's not, not everyone's going to follow the exact template, but there's a sense of how it goes. Well, we're shown so many different examples of that. I feel like that there, there are like specific ways and like relationships that we can see that are so easily identifiable, but friendships are a little bit more nuanced. Like it's not as easy to see. And it's not as easy to understand what's happening kind of under the surface of that, of how much that actually goes down and is not just a dinner every, you know, once a month kind of thing. And we check in and things are good. Yeah, yeah I think that's that's the other thing, too. It's like it's not it, it's realizing how open ended it is, which mm. in some ways is really nice. It's like, oh, friendship could mean anything. But I think in our case, like I have friendships that look very different and that, but a lot of them are, you know, maybe sporadic. Like we, we see each other every so often and we check in and maybe we check in in depth, but it's like, there's not an ongoing relationship that has to be maintained. And it's also in our case, it's like our personal relationship working out is required for the business to be working, you know? So, like, there's another layer to We this have thing. to be friends. We have to be there friends. There is no other choice. <laughs> this business fails otherwise. No, I'm just I'm kidding. It but kind of serious. It, it's, it's not so much that it fails. It's like it, it wouldn't grow It'd be as very, much. Yeah. Or, like, there would be... We, there, there, we'd have to reinvent the way that it's done. And, hey, I mean, it could work. I mean, we if one day we're like, no, Joy Roxanne, you're not involved in the wild within. They're like, all right, peace out. Like, you guys figure it out. But to some degree, it's hard because like a day-to-day -day example of this is that Alistair's working on Wild Within stuff in the camper and he's constantly asking me for my input. So mm -hmm. like whether I like it or not, I'm kind of married to this company already. So <clears throat> it's like a very interesting, interesting tidbit here. But yeah, I, I wonder like, do you have friends? Do you like, what's your, what's your friendship landscape in your life? Like that, how does it look like? Let's see a snapshot. And how old are you? I'm 31. 31. 31. All right. Man, I, I keep thinking you're so much older than me, but you're oh, not. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. I know. He's it's just Alistair's so old. He's so old. <laughs> he's about to be 34, man. Threw out his back recently. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, we're, we're we laughing, love, but I feel bad. We no, love we him. Love him. We love um, him. Yeah, so I'm 31, and my friendship landscape these days is interesting, and it's something that I've known and I've looked at, and it's it's one of these frustrating things where it's like, I wish that I had deeper friendship relationships, but things get complicated as an adult. There's something really interesting, I think, about the role that I have as a retreat leader and facilitating these spaces that get really intimate. You are opening up to people. You're developing these really complex and rich relationships on retreat, and that's great, and you feel so connected. And then you go home, 
And I've noticed this has come up almost every retreat that I've held this desire to want to continue that connection. And I can see in other retreat participants, them continuing that connection, which is the goal. It's beautiful. And I've seen that happen. We've had people flying to different states to visit each other, talking every day. And it's so, it like warms my heart. Like that is, that is the goal. That's true community. Having something continue on after the retreat ends. That is absolutely what I want. But I want it for myself sometimes too. (laughs) Like there was a retreat once where everyone, you know, we had such a deep and intense time together. I felt really connected to mainly the women, like especially the women. And we left and we go home. And I remember getting messages or seeing photos of everyone else in my area from that retreat, like hanging out and having dinner and doing all these things. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> why can't I come? Uh, there's a, yeah, it's like an interesting I think it's an interesting place to be because you're making such deep relationships, but those relationships are always going to be colored by me being a facilitator and not really part of the group. And I've noticed that and I've I've come to terms with it. I think there's other ways to have relationships and I'm still navigating how to continue making that relationship a friendship and not so much I facilitated a trip that you came on, which is an interesting dynamic to play with. But other than that, you know, I I grew up with a lot of really good girlfriends and guy friends. Yeah. And then I moved and I lost them. And then I developed really good friendships in San Diego. And then I moved and yeah. I lost them. So it's been an interesting, I think, path to navigate as an adult because I really, I don't feel like I have opportunity or the time or the space that I dedicate to actually developing an intimate relationship with a friend, the kind that I, I like long for. I think that there's something really beautiful and I've had that in my life, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to make the the time for it. It's hard enough to keep a relationship going with a significant other. Yes. There's yeah. so much that you have to pour into that. I feel like it's interesting to think about that because I feel like so much of our current culture, basically the general message is... Uh, you don't really need, I mean, I don't know if you don't need community, but like if I think about more indigenous ways of uh, indigenous cultures or even like you go back a few generations or even in some places in, in Europe where it's like kind of the village and all that, you still have multiple generations interacting all the time. Yeah. You still have everyone's connection. And so like maybe that's more on the family sense, but I feel like these days we've narrowed down and it's like, not even considering the pandemic, this was already like that, but this has made it so much worse is like we've narrowed it down to your basic social needs are going to be fulfilled by your partner Mm -hmm. and your kids. And that's it. That's all you should long for. And if you have friends, like, yeah, invite them over for dinner once a month and don't talk about anything too serious. Yeah, Like, just keep it light. Keep it like acquaintance vibe, like social schmoozing. And it's like, I find it very off first off because like I've been really working with this idea like the nuclear family is not the end-all be-all and it takes a village to to have a thriving life it takes a village to raise kids I think like this this idea that raising kids can can be all on the marriage that has spawned those kids is very intense and doesn't sound appealing to me at all that that feels like it feels wrong. It, it, something about it feels deeply wrong. We're not, we're social animals. We're wired for deeper experiences and deeper connection. 
Yeah, I think in in my case, I I've moved around so much, so yeah. fucking much that like it's hard to maintain relationships and I've when I grew up, I was in Reunion Island and I had really good friendships there. And then we left and that was the first really huge blow of like, I left and I think I was able to keep up with the phone calls and the relationships. And I was going to go back every year because my dad was still there. But then within a year of me landing in France, the relationships all fell through. Yeah. I, I, and And there was a sense like I was the outsider. Everyone stayed back. So like everyone had their own pod and their own group and I was no longer a part of it and and I was the outsider and and I'd left so why would I be included in any of it you know so and then that kept on happening and so it's interesting where I'm at right now which is like I feel like I'm in this new stage of putting down roots in a new country in a new environment that I feel very much aligned with and and I feel like I want to build out a life. Like, I don't want to keep moving around as much as I have. I'm sure it'll happen because life has a way of doing that. But I'm starting, I'm in that place where like, okay, I have an established marriage with a partner and we've established really deep trust and communication and our, our, our relationship is really good. And it's like the base camp, which we've talked about on this podcast before. It's a Scott Peck, um, idea that like a relationship is like base camp for you to go explore your mountains and your whatever you need to explore. But I'm, I'm realizing it was like, it was just such a shock. I think I, I was blissfully unaware of my friendship landscape until I talked to you on Monday. I was just like, no, I, I have friends. I have people here and there. I do definitely. And I do. I have, I do, but a lot of them are actually buds of the relationship. They're like people that I've recently met and, and that are, that hasn't fully bloomed yet. And I think going back to this idea of like, there's no template. Yeah. I don't know what am I supposed to do for the relationship to bloom? Like, what is the, ne- like, I would like a, I would like a, a map and, and, I, and there is none. Is it like sex in the city? Do we have to go out in town and like get a cosmopolitan and talk about sex? And like, is that, is that how it should go? Like, and, and for, and I'm sure guys want to do the same thing. It's like, how do you actually yeah. have meaningful relationship with other dudes like it's really hard and it's very awkward. I think that's the the thing that I'm realizing also with us is like there's an awkwardness that you kind of have to be okay with in mm-hmm. the beginning. It's almost like dating someone. Yeah, but like there's no to, sex. Right. <laughs> so, I feel like the sex makes it easy. Like there's a, it, it, keeps a, it gives a guiding light. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, there's a reason to be here. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with having dates. What else are we doing? Like, uh, where, where, what's the point here? But that, actually, me saying that actually is, is very, uh, it, it reveals some of my issues with all this, which is like friendships have no goal like I feel mm. like it's almost with a partnership at least in my case I've I've maybe found it easier to dive into like a romantic partnership because there's milestones like there's reason know. there's a lot of reasons for being there like having a family having a support like a very intimate support system yeah and getting a place together like there's there's things that there's like milestones that Mm -hmm. you can measure like okay the relationship is moving forward and I think in the context of friendship I don't know I feel like sometimes I I buy into this 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 nuclear family idea that that's all we need and and I wonder like is it really worth the effort like what's what's on the other side I think I have yet to experience what happens when you're in a really 
kind of committed and 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 honest friendship in adult life. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what happens as well. <laughs> uh, you brought up a lot of really interesting points. You know, as a society, I feel like we've moved from this communal space of wanting to live and cohabitate into our only value is independence and whatever gets in that way especially if it's family we're just gonna we're just gonna walk away from that and just let it be uh there's a book called being mortal that talks it's maybe a more morbid take on on what we're talking about but it talks about how in society it's like we've moved so far from those familial connections that people are just getting left by themselves. And like, as you move into a more um, kind of dying, elderly process, people are alone and it's terrifying. And that's something I think that is always weirdly in the back of my mind. It's almost like I have this strange uh, other, other motive to be in friendship because I work in the hospitals. I work primarily ICU and I see what happens. Mm. I see these sweet as pie, like elderly men and women who have no one, absolutely no one. And it's people that maybe they had kids, but the kids have valued independence. They've gone off. They've left the state. And as it goes, you know, they hadn't made any true friendships. Yeah. And it's real. It is the most heartbreaking thing to witness when a doctor has to make decisions about their life because no one is there to do it for them. And that's something that's always in the back of my mind of just how important it is to have community and even like the mental health. So talking about someone that isn't necessarily in the hospital, but as you get older, your ability to have community, to have connections like that plays into your mental health, like beyond belief. There are multiple studies out there that show it. You know, going to a senior center is off-putting to many people because it makes them feel old. But having that sense of community or having someone that understands at least where they are in life is crucial and so monumental. So I think in the back of my mind, every time I'm like thinking about friends, I'm like, I want friends for for my whole life. I just want to have friends. I don't want to end up like, you know, some of these people that I meet because it's it's terrifying. It's really sad. And I know that it's possible, but again, it, it takes a lot of energy to get there. And it, there is no clear path. I think yeah. that's the other part to it. Like, okay, do I have to save one day a week for you? Do we have to ha- how many calls do we need? Do we go out on a date? Does it have to be in person? You know, do yeah. I buy dinner? Do you? <laughs> so it's, it's like a frustrating landscape to navigate because it's like you have absolutely no idea where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's, it's interesting. I like the perspective of like, you know, we're, we're mortal and, and, and community. Cause like my mom, I'm, I'm learning so much from my mom and she, she's going to turn 70 this year. And I think she started off the year with the knowledge of that. She's extremely vibrant, vital. You wouldn't think that she's 70. She's fucking badass. And she's also been very, see, this is kind of the traps of, of like putting all your eggs in your relationship and your nuclear family is that when her and my dad got divorced, I think she realized that she didn't have that many people around Mm -hmm. and the few people that were around she lost touch with and she's become very alone 
and isolated. And she's also struggling to make new connections, especially in her life right now. And that kind of leads me to th th this point that I want to unpack because we're not, I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so you know who, who I am, you know who Alistair and I are, and you have a sense of the, the kind of vibe that, that we cultivate in our lives. And we're very growth oriented. We're very spiritually minded. And I think like, it's hard to know where to find these people when you, when you're alone. And so my mom is in that situation where she's, she has a strong spiritual practice. She's very growth oriented, which is even weirder when you're like 70. because a lot of the people that she meets are not in that space yeah. and she's, they're not. And like a lot of people, people her age are pretty much in the mindset of like, no, it's all downhill from here. I'm going to just enjoy the last few years. And she's like, I feel like I'm about to blow up. Like my life is about to open up. Like I'm not ready to, not that she's preventing the idea of death to happen but she's like I've got so much to do still and I think a lot of us whether we're 25 or 50 or 70 are waking up to whoa there's more to life like I, I, I gotta do more and then finding those friendships can be really hard like I think for the first time in maybe 15 years I've heard my mom say that she's making a friend she she does mm -hmm. yoga and she after yoga she went to grab a coffee with one of the ladies and then they ended up being at the restaurant and having lunch and being there for like four hours. And I was like, mom, <laughs> mom. So I actually find this quite interesting that I think the only reason I haven't been as isolated as my, as my mom has been is because I'm younger. So I'm more in the, th in the thick of, of life and I have more opportunities to meet people. But I'm always constantly amazed by how much my mom's journey reflects mine and vice versa. Because mm. like she's having this happen and I'm literally having this going on with you at the same time. I'm like, damn it, life, can you be less obvious? Um, but yeah, and so what I was going to say to that is I think when talking about adult friendships, which by the way sounds kinky, <laughs> or is it just me? <laughs> friendships in adult stages of life there's there's I think there's two aspects to relationships and friendships there's like the length of time that you've known each other and like what you've the different stages of life that you've witnessed yourself and your friend go through that will create a bond regardless right mm -hmm. so like that duration is important but then there's also like ongoing instances of sharing experiences that profoundly relate. And I think, for instance, I don't have many you know, friends that I've had for a long time, but like Alistair, he has a, his best friend from college, has two kids. And we haven't seen him in like two years or something. But every time they reconnect, it's like they never left mm. because they've had so many shared experiences in the past. But he also tells me like there is an aspect of like I, he feels like he has to keep checking in and to keep engaging with the with that that friendship space because otherwise then you don't have like ongoing experiences together. And, and as Alistair is taking a very different turn than yeah. most of his friends, it's kind of an interesting thing to navigate. And do you have friends like that? Like old time friends, or maybe it's your partnership with I, Lou, but. I used to, I used to. And like, there's still girls from grade school that I would love to reconnect with, but we are in, we are looking at two totally different worlds. It feels like, and I don't know that for sure. Like I haven't asked them. I haven't dropped in and had like a real conversation, but I get a sense that my lifestyle and what I do with my life is very different than theirs. And, and nothing wrong with that. But it's interesting to have to understand how to navigate a relationship 
friendship or significant other, when you start to change, even if you have these shared experiences, you go to high school together, maybe, you know, in my instance, I'm talking about girls that I went to kindergarten with Mm. and uh, through eighth grade and then stayed connected with through high school. And then I I moved. So I kind of lost it, but these shared experiences are great and they, they develop a deep bond. But when things really start to change, when you want to make a change in yourself and, and open your life up in a totally different way, I think showing up in that relationship can be extremely challenging, even within a significant partner. You know, it's tough to show up in the same space and want to be a different version of yourself, right? That kind of growth oriented mindset is great, but it's tough to always meet in the same place or at least find resonance as you continue to go. And as we're talking about friendships, it might be friendships that you don't always meet all the time. So there's like, there's almost a, um, not a desire, but the, like this necessity to show up as they as they know you, not so much yeah. as who you are, or who you're shifting into. Yeah, um, I've definitely had that with certain friendships where I'm like, you know what? Probably not worth the time to like get into what I'm doing right now. Like, let's just yeah. let's just go back to high school. We'll throw on some like old Ti and like be uh, be in it together. What is Ti? I'm like a rapper. Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Throw like some red hot chili peppers. Let's throw on Santeria yeah. and just like sing along and uh, and drink some beers and and that'll be great. Yeah. And we'll bond. Yeah. But there's a depth, right? So again, it's like coming back to friendships and seeing it as they're just so nuanced and like understanding how deep you want that relationship to actually go yeah. is a challenge and an, an invitation. It's like, okay, do I want to go on this strange journey with you to to deeper depths or? Do we just keep it here where it's nice and lovely and you yeah know. that it it is really interesting how again how open ended and and vast the friendships can be because it's like I I know what you're talking about like that those friendships where you just you revert back to yeah. what it was um uh and there's something kind of nice and and um, it's comforting comforting yeah that's yeah. The word. it's like it's really comforting to do that and also I think. A lot of us are like, yeah, but I don't want all my friendships to be that way. Yeah. Cause like, cause that's really nice and nurturing and, and, and can feel like exactly what you, like what you need. And maybe sometimes that opens up the door to more, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, in, in between two red hot chili peppers songs, you, you, <laughs> you, you talk about death and spirituality. I don't know, but like, we have a few good cries. A few good cries. <laughs> I, I do that every time. I, I bring that to any space. You can count on me, but no, but it's, it's kind of weird to me. I'm, I, I don't know if it's coming off, but I'm, I'm having a really hard time wrapping my mind around this whole friendship concept. This is like the first time I'm really pondering it, but I feel like you can have these friendships that are friendships that you've had for a long time that you don't necessarily need to do a lot of, like it's comforting because there's no awkwardness. If yeah. you've done, you can just go through the motions of what you've done over and over again. And that can be really nice. But then how do you cultivate, like, I think I'm realizing is with you, it's like, I want, if I don't, with friendships that I'm cultivating now and with you especially, like I want the depth. I want mm-hmm. the, I want the full on thing where we can unpack everything. And I just saying that I'm noticing a block in my throat and my heart. And it's like, no, don't do that. That's way <laughs> too scary. Like it's already been scary enough to do, open up with else to like, don't do that with someone else. Like there's a, it's like, there's, I think 
I think we all have this voice in our head that's like, don't do it. It's too scary. <laughs> Stay back. But yeah, just I think a lot of people listening are probably in that phase of they're exploring change. They're feeling maybe that they're shifting into something else or they're, they're constantly shifting. And it can be really hard to maintain old relationships when that's the case. But if the foundation of the friendship is growth, is expansion, mm -hmm. then there's no issue there because the relationship might come and go. But at the end of the, if the foundation is we're going to support each other as we go on this crazy journey that is life. And as we try to purify our karma and <laughs> elevate our consciousness or however you want to put it, but like find inner peace and, and inner joy, then it's, it's just a support system and uh, we can be a mirror for one another versus we have to show up the same way every time that we hang out. I just wonder how many people have that. Mm. It's interesting. As we get older, it's like our, we take on stronger views on things and then maybe we want to start changing the way that we live our life. I'm thinking more of just how you and I have kind of gone in very strange directions. <laughs> not not the typical uh, <laughs> pattern here. But there's something about that that I, it, it's really hitting a place for me because on our calls, so every time that we have a retreat with Wild Within, we have a screening call and the call is meant to understand whether the, you know, just to get an understanding of where you're coming from, if the trip is a good fit for you and if you're a good fit for the trip. Yeah. And during that call, we typically ask, you know, what is it that that's bringing you here? Like, why do you want to do this with us? And almost every time it's I'm just trying to find like-minded people. Like mm -hmm. I'm trying to find community again. So it's like clearly I'm taking this from a very small sample size, right? It's not like we're this massive company where I have 500 people I've talked to. Fuck but data. <laughs> Spoken like true Julie Rockstar. Anecdotal data is data. Thank you. Go for it. So from the calls that we've done, it's like almost every person I talk to is aching for this, is aching to just find people that are open enough to receive them in the way that they want to be received and the way that they want to be witnessed. And I think that's a big driver for what we do. And there's a reason, I think, that Wild Within even exists. The reason why I started doing retreats. There's a kernel of that that exists in this idea of me wanting to develop more friends. Yeah. And finding people that want to do these same things that I'm interested in, too. And it's been an interesting place to kind of make friends and bring people on board for these crazy ideas. But I think that there's something to that, that maybe on a bigger scale, like we have connections. Everyone has connections with different people in their life, but are they strong enough to hold the growth that you want? And can you show up in that way? Cause it, from my standpoint, it doesn't seem like a lot of people have that. Yes. Yeah. And, and Right before you started saying this, actually, I, I realized like I'm having, I feel like I'm having a fair amount of epiphanies on this, on the friendship, such a weird concept. But like, I think a lot of people tune into this podcast because, and we've heard this so many times, they feel like they're listening to friends and we are like, I, I really, really feel that way. Like, I feel like I, whenever I'm thinking about a podcast recording, I have a sample of listeners that I think about and I'm like, how does this relate to this person or this person or this person? And because I know 
some of you because you've reached out and you've been you've directly shared some of your life with us as we share a lot of our lives with you and and that feels so special to to know that we're weaving this community and it's also you know it's limited in what we can do right it's not we're not we're I'm not going to be able to fly to Australia and hang out with Wayne <laughs> for two hours and, and eat, you know, I don't know, chicken wings. I don't know what Wayne eats. Yeah, I don't even know what he eats, you know? So it's like the, there's, a, there's a barrier there. Wayne, hi, I love you. Thank you, man. He was, uh, Wayne was the reason why, uh, was it Wayne? Oh man, I can't remember. Wayne, we love you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about how people are craving these deeper friendships where you can have these conversations where you can be supported in your growth. And I think what's interesting in the, the retreat, like the, when people say like they're looking for like-minded people, I feel like I was looking for like-minded people a few years ago and I found a lot of them. Like my life is, is rife, ripe with like like-minded people. And most of my community are people that I would want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And that's all in person, which is like, I'm so blessed and honored and grateful. And it's been a journey. Like it hasn't been easy. I had to leave everything I knew and, and walked through the gates of hell to get here. So don't, <laughs> don't think I, I just, it landed on my lap. It kind of did, but I, I had to do the work, but, um, you have a lot of like-minded people. Yes. In your community yes. Already. And so I think like the first stage was like, I'm looking for like-minded people. Where are they? And now that I've found them, it's like life's like, okay, you, you wanted them. Do you just want them to be <laughs> around, like in the background, kind of like just hanging out, waiting for like, cause like, I feel like uh, at that time it was more like I'm going through a lot of growth and I would like to be witnessed, but there was no sense of it going back the other way. Mm. Or, or, or very superficially, like it, not, not that I consciously didn't want to engage, but like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to hold space for your growth, but kind of at a distance and, and you can do the same for me. And now I'm feeling like some of these relationships, including the one with you are like driving me closer. Cause it's like, yeah, you've, you need to move in closer and lean into this relationship because it's not going to go any deeper if you don't. And so there's, it's interesting to notice, like there's kind of, I can see almost stages in the community finding and the connection making. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe there is a a little bit of a roadmap we could, we could say here, right? Like if we're comparing friendship versus partnership and marriage, there's like the, the courting phase where you just kind of hang out, maybe your friends, and then maybe you go on a date, maybe, and then it kind of progresses. So it's like, maybe that first step is just one identifying where this community is. I think a lot of people just want to know that they're not alone yeah. in, in the way that they want to live life or the way that they want to see life. And maybe that's the first, like the gateway into finding true, deep friendship in the way that we're talking about. Yeah. I uh, I just had this thought when you said maybe there is a roadmap. I was like, yeah, there is a roadmap. When I find someone that I like and I'd like to have a deeper relationship with, I tell them to come drink ayahuasca with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a sure way to build relationship and like, like really drop in. That is probably the most intense way (laughs) that you can. And, uh, and it does work. It does work. There's something there. There's something there. Yeah. I, it's, um, I think that is actually some of my, I think sometimes I'm lacking patience. 
Surprise, mm. surprise. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Alistair's going to maybe be listening to this one day and be like, yeah, yeah, you're liking, you're liking patience. That's, that's news. But yeah, just, I have so many experiences to drop in deeper. And I think like, going back to you and I, this whole thing is only showing up for two reasons. One, Alistair threw his back out on the Guatemala retreat and I had to step up and we kind of ended up jointly, not really jointly, but kind of, we were two of the two of us like co-leading. I feel like what I did is just took on Alistair's energetic body and I was kind of carrying it, but it was through my own, my own vessel. But we, we were called to work together deeper on that retreat. And that was very challenging, especially because like, as the retreat is happening, there is no time to unpack what's happening. No, not at all. And there's, you know, there's something in a, in a relationship where you've already, when the groundwork is laid, there's a fluidity. There's something that you can just kind of like navigate and like really wavy gravy kind of move through things. And Alistair and I have worked super hard to get to that point where I trust him and and he can kind of like lead things and then I'll swoop in and it, it just makes sense and it's easy. You and I have not had that opportunity. Yeah. So in this last retreat, it was kind of like, it was like dancing with, with somebody who's never, like we've never danced before. Yeah. And we're kind of just stepping on each other's toes. Like I'm a little bit in your space. You're a little <laughs> bit in mine. We're both kind of like a little bit heated inside, but we're still figuring things out. Well, it's and- like it's like never having practiced <clears throat> for realsies and then uh, being asked to compete in like dancing with the stars exactly. or whatever. And like you're on primetime TV, everyone's watching you and you have to <laughs> execute this dance that you both know how to do separately, but you've never done together. Yeah. And then it, it's, it, there's chemi- there's such a thing as chemistry. chemistry. That's a great word for it. Yeah. There's like a chemistry that needs to be formed. And yeah. I think this last retreat made me realize it's like, we just haven't had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And also Alistair pointed this out. He was like, you guys already have a relationship and you guys already have chemistry. And I think like this recording is like another way of myself realizing like, no, there's chemistry there. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like it needs to be nurtured. And, yeah. and, and, and there's, there's blocks that we are going to have to move through like this, this, I feel like the, it takes a level of trust to become someone's dance partner and fully mm-hmm. go into that chemistry. And like, you know, there, there may be chemistry, but then you have to do the hard work, right? Yeah. Of like, oh yeah, there, there's something there, but then kind of watching what's going on inside of you that prevents that from growing. And a lot of it comes down to trust. I think you and Alistair have developed a lot of trust over years of working together and moving through pretty difficult things. And same goes for me and him. And so I just, I find that it's kind of nice. It's like, all right, now it's time for Kelly and I to do that. Cool. Here we are. Uh, here we are. <laughs> all righty. We'll do it. Um, I feel like I had something else that came up. Well, I'm kind of interested in, I've just been like percolating around this question of people that are listening and what we've been saying. It's like, I have a sense that many people are in the situation where they wish that they had deeper friendships, especially with let's, you know, quote unquote, like like-minded people. And there's pros and cons to using that. Yeah. I think there's a previous podcast. We, we've, we've done a whole link an episode about the whole like-minded a, people. Yeah. There's some interesting things that are worth listening to. You might not always want like-minded people, but it's like, what is that first step? Like to listeners, it's like, well, what do they do? You know, yeah. it's like you and I, obviously like we found each other. Like yeah. it's clear, like we can continue to build this. It's like, where do people even look? I think in today's, I think 
originally, you know, pre or pre COVID days, it was hard as an adult to, to develop a new friendship. And I'm speaking just to that. Maybe your old friendships are, are still there, but developing a new friendship with another adult is hard, right? It's like, do you go to a yoga class and just say like, Hey, do you want to get coffee with me? You know? And, and like, there's an uncomfortable to this, but, but beautiful also, you know, if you can follow through, but now that it's COVID times, and we're asked to be in pods and to limit our exposure to only people we know. And then even more so, only people that, you know, a small, tiny, tight group yeah, of yeah. people that we feel comfortable with. I think it's exponentially become harder yeah. to do that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I guess like I'm just pondering like, okay, well, what do we tell, what advice do we have, if any, for listeners of how to navigate that? Well, so... Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think so. I want to. I think one thing is there still are places where people are not operating off of the tiny pod that the current situation is is letting us. Is yeah. is it's like it feels like we're giving we're giving crumbs to people. It's like no oh, no no no. You should be very grateful. You're still hanging out with your two friends that you've known for ages, <laughs> or you're hanging out with your partner and your kid. Wow, awesome. Thank you. That's this. I've done the same thing for the last two years. I think there still are places that are that are that exist. Um, we're around Lake Atitlan, and it very much feels like a place. Yeah. Like so, yes. Okay, traveling uh, hard. Not not impossible. I think if anything, those places are still here. It's just a little harder and there's a bit more obstacle, but really. How did you find all of your community? Well, so I think that's interesting is, is it came out of a strong desire to be with different people and to have my life change radically because it could not go on as it had. And I started traveling I actually, my first original thing was that I did a hypnotherapy training. That was the catalyst for everything that's happened ever since. And what's funny about that is that I'm not really in relationship with any of the people that I met in, on, on this, on this training. I had very good relationships with them for a couple of years. And then my life took me elsewhere and their lives took them elsewhere. And so we've, we've, we've lost touch. Uh, but uh, you know, I still know that they exist. I still send them out loving thoughts, but I'm also like, my life has continued to unfold and, and is, is looking more crazy than a hypnotherapy training. So like, I'm, I'm, I've, it's continued to grow, but like that was the Kickstarter because then what that did is I met a bunch of people. I left my relationship. I left where I was living and I started traveling through France, visiting all those people. And then I visited someone that I met on the, on the training who lived in Jerusalem. And then I went to India to meet back with an old friend who had been traveling for a long time. And then when I landed in India, it was like Mecca. It was like paradise of like-minded <laughs> people. And I, when I left after a month of being in India, I knew that I was going to go back because I didn't want to be anywhere else. And I knew that opening up relationships and community and meeting like-minded people, no matter it didn't matter at the time that those would be fleeting traveling relationships because what I needed was to prove to myself that it was possible and that those yeah. people existed. And then the more I met people, the more I realized like the, I met French people like they, they, they're not, they're not Indian. <laughs> they're living, you know, they're, they're from other places. And like 
all of a sudden, all these new versions of community that I didn't even know existed started popping up. And I think it, it just opened me up to the possibility. And now where I'm at is a result of this. And, and my community now is my medicine tribe, my, my, my shamanic family that we actually met around the lake Atitlan, which is where we are now. So, mm. and, and, and then all the people at Wild Within and what's, what we're, what's being created there is also, is also that. How did you meet your... I feel like it's a similar story, right? Just like a little bit different context. I feel like my story relates in the same way. Like it required me to open my world up. Mm -hmm. And I think travel does that. I think joining group experiences does that, whether it's a yoga teacher training, yours was hypnotherapy. Mine was doing... I joined a retreat. I went on retreat in Morocco and that opened my mind up to like, wow, like so much can happen with people that I've never met before over the course of a week. Like this is actually possible. And I think that was like a, you know, like a light bulb moment for me of understanding that relationships can still be formed one as an adult. And then two, like they can take on a lot of meaning and a lot of depth in a short amount of time. It depends on shared experience. It depends on like how open you are and the context of how you're meeting. And I think that was like a huge catalyst for me, but what it, what it really all comes down to is taking like little leaps yep. into places yep. and like being okay, not knowing anyone. Yep. That was my biggest lesson. When we moved to California, um, we had, we had like a, a decent amount of friend group there and they, they were great. And I remember coming back to New Jersey and I was like, Oh God, New Jersey, what am I doing? None of my people are there. You know, I ca- I became so in tune with the California lifestyle of yeah. yoga studios all over. People are really friendly. Everyone's really open. There's a different way of living. I relate it to the way you're describing India. It was like a Mecca. Like, all of my people are here. I could be friends with anyone. And then I moved back to New Jersey. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Why? And we live in kind of a... Um, like a nicer neighborhood, but it's definitely like a suburb, yeah. right? A lot of families. So it's not as... It's not what, like you can you can go bang on the neighbor's door and have a profound conversation. No, you know, no. Like, San Diego. Yeah. Could, but, it could maybe, happen. Yeah. It could happen easily. Well, there's a, there's a shallowness to California that we have. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, and India too. Like, the, like those places, I think that's actually a really good point of like, you go off... You expand your horizon and like going off can be going traveling to India like a bum, like what I did, going to work and live in San Diego, like what you did. Or it can be going to retreats like what I keep doing. Exactly. Yeah. And what we keep offering. And this is not, it sounds like a plug. It is a little bit of a plug because <laughs> our life is a, is a giant plug. But like, the, the, <laughs> it's also true. Like my, I continually meet people on retreat that maybe come out for their first time and their mind is is blown to pieces Mm. of like the potential and the fact that like no there are people and like you it's almost like it's not so much that the people you meet on retreat are going to become your best friends is that all of a sudden you see a different way of being you open your mind up to the possibility of community and then you can go back to your to your place of being, which is the suburb in New Jersey or, you know, like grounding where I'm grounding, which like I live in rural Oregon at this point. <laughs> like I'm not, you know, like it, it, it's not so much 
there is a location piece to it, but it's not just like, oh, we all live super close together and yeah. we have these dwellings. That's She's not on a commune yet. I'm not on a commune yet. <laughs> it's my dream. It's going to happen at some point, but it's, I'm not there. But it's like, that's the hard work of integrating these outside experiences of retreat, of traveling. It's like remembering that what you experience there exist everywhere else not just as a dream state that mm -hmm. happened on that retreat and that's a perfect segue because that's kind that's what new jersey has been for me i fought it like kicking and screaming dug my nails in was just not a happy person to be around for a while like thank you lou for being uh, so supportive during these times but i had such a distaste for new jersey because there's there's a tangible like feeling of when you're in somewhere, let's say like in California, somewhere that's the lifestyle is just different. Different things are valued. And then you come to a place very close to New York City where very different things feel very valued and it's potent and you can taste it in the air. And there's a, just a different quality of life. And I got to New Jersey and I had it in my mind that like, well, can't find community here. Like we're all alone. And there was this thing that Lou used to say, I'm like, we need to leave. Like, I want to go back to California. I want to go live in Bali. Like take me anywhere. And he's like, no, Cal, like we're missionaries here. Like we got to stay. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I like that though. It's, it's, you know, it goes back to the hero's journey. Like you have to come back with the treasure oh, and reintegrate. Was, so that was a whole reason for him going back. He got locked in on the hero's journey. He's like, this is my return. I need to go back to where I came from and share my gifts. I'm like, Jesus Christ, can we pick a different place to return to? Oh Please, my God. Lou. We are uh, missionaries. <laughs> Lou. Crushing it. So, for probably like two years, it was like a self-induced struggle for mm. me because I had myself convinced that these people didn't exist. Community, I would never find that in New Jersey. <laughs> what a foreign concept. <laughs> and now I've started to really lean in and realize that it is there. Yeah. And like, yes, okay, maybe it's not as present and like Effervescent, you know, it's not like bubbling people all over the streets or yoga corner, yoga studios in every corner. Cause those are typically my people. I think that's another thing too. It's like realize what you enjoy and mm. what you're moving towards and then just go show up there. Yeah. I think that's always like a key thing when we totally. go to a new city. It's like, I just go to places that I like and then I try to just find people that maybe I'd connect with. Yeah. And that's what happened in New Jersey. I just became so closed mind to even it existing there like I had a story that it, it couldn't ever I could see that I think there I think I could see and I now, think a lot of people think that about New Jersey I think so too well now it's funny because I have this conversation with so many people that have been on retreat with us because many people come from New Jersey and people that I've had in yoga classes where I teach and they're like but you know, I can't find anybody here. Like, I just don't have friends that I can connect with. I'm like, they're here. You just have to look 90% like of this retreat is in New Jersey. New Jersey's <laughs> not that big a place. You guys meet up. What the fuck are you talking about? There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. But there's, it, it's interesting that like that, and I'm sure it's not just New Jersey, but that story is so present in people's lives that like, oh, well, I can't find it here where I'm at. Yeah. I have to go somewhere else. Yeah. And maybe that's the window that we all need, this like doorway to open. So we go somewhere else, we travel, we see, oh, okay, it does exist. And luckily on our retreats, most of people are from New Jersey, so they can see like, <laughs> oh, it does exist back home. But there's, yeah, there's an expansion to it. And I think a, a widening of your perspective. And then the challenge is bringing that home. Yeah. And that is very much like the hero's journey of 
really coming in contact with something like that, an an experience like that, where your, your perspective is much broader and you start to realize that I don't actually have to go very far to find these things, that they're right in my backyard. I just have to start looking differently, like with different eyes. I think what you said about the window, that's, that's the key piece, right? Like going back to your question and maybe that's, that's where we wrap up this, this morning time conversation. The vulture has left. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's find a window and maybe the window is a podcast. Maybe the window is an online community where you see different things happening than what you witness in your normal life. What is the thing that is drawing you in because it feels like something that you can't have in your day to day, but then realizing like you can, you Mm -hmm. can lead, you can be the light in your community. Because if you're feeling that way, chances are a lot of people around you are feeling this way. And I feel like we're, we're seeing that a lot. I'm seeing that a lot in the spaces that I'm involved in. And I think, uh, you know, it's like this, there's this, um, I'm, I'm part of a w- women's network and, and the leader is always encouraging ev- everyone on the network to find in-person community and lead women's circle. And so many women are like, yeah, but there's no women in my area that relate to me like that. And she's like, next time you go grocery shopping, just keep your eyes peeled. If you see a mom wearing her baby with like a baby wearer, like, like a, a carrier, Go ask her if she wants to be part of your woman's circle. Why would you, why, you know, like the, you know, we know when we may have some semblance of, of connection and potential for connection. And it's not, I think we're just scared. Yeah. And I think we're just scared and we have told ourselves the story that it's not there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like maybe the window is you need to, you know, travel, get the fuck out. But sometimes the window into realizing that it's already there for you can be as simple as just changing your mind exactly where you are. Yeah. I think a lot of the times what we feel is just personal to us is, is what our community also feels too, mm. right? It's like those things aren't just yours. Sometimes they're, they're like the universally felt feelings or longings. And so, yeah, doing things like that, I think is, is a beautiful way to, to step into it and to start making those connections. Well, thank you for listening. It was kind of fun to have an episode with Alastair. It was a nice time. We're just two, <laughs> two women out here in the garden, sipping cacao, listening to the birds, chatting about friendship. I know. A, a few day. people walked by and told us hi, and we were like, stop talking to us. We're recording. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Look very busy and important. Um, so, well, thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. You know the way to support these, this podcast, but I'm going to tell you anyways there are a few ways you can support the podcast you can leave us a review at apple podcast i know there's a handful of new addicts to the far out podcast and i know that they haven't left reviews i'm looking at you ryan Uh, (laughs) pretty sure you haven't left a review if you have i'm sorry I'm, i'm getting confused anyways we are also 
always elated when you share this podcast with a friend. Please, if you have someone you'd like to deepen your relationship with and you're not sure how to become <laughs> friends with them, maybe send them that episode and see if it opens up And then up you can talk about it. Yeah, but that, that, that's the it. whole point of this podcast. This is the catalyst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you can also support us financially. You can either become a patron. We have a patreon.com slash the far out couple and you can support us on a monthly basis. Your donations help a lot to continue this podcast. You can also do a one-time donation. We have a link to our PayPal account on the show notes at thefarout.life. And you can also get yourself some cacao. We, this is the best way to support us, honestly, because you get cacao, we get a kickback. You support people in Guatemala and you get cacao, if I haven't said so that win, already. Win, 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 win. Yeah, I, I say that all the time and it's true. So these are the ways. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope Alistair will be back on the mm. next one. Thanks for being here. All right. Toodles.